good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome back to The Voice of Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and across the table, I have Pastor John Schubert with me. And today we're going to continue our study through the attributes of God. And specifically today, we are talking about how God is infinite. And so John has the pleasure of diving into the depths of God's infinitude. (laughs) Well, that's an oxymoron. (laughs) That's true, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. You can't really really obtain or wrap your arms around anything infinite, let alone God's infinitude. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this earlier, Jaron, why we were podcasting about the attributes of God and... um, and it's not just to fill time, mm-hmm. um, because we need to fill time when we run out of guests. Um, although that's true, but it's 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 about worshiping God correctly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if if we're thinking something about God is that is not true, we're not worshiping God, mm-hmm. and that's that's a sobering thought. Yeah. So you just can't count waltz into God's presence. Thinking about whatever, I mean, thinking about God however you want to make him up in your mind and call it worship, it's not. Mm-hmm. If, if you're coming with a false idea of who God is, it's, it's idolatry. Right. It's not worship. Right. And so that's, this is why we as pastors are uh, taking the time to work through these um, attributes so that we know who God is and whom we're worshiping because it's critical. Yeah. You can't worship what you don't know, who you don't know. Right. Right. So, and you know, as, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, um, when we, when we start talking about these attributes of, of who God is, it should be drawing our hearts to wonder and awe of, of, of him. It should be drawing us to worship. Fear and trembling. Yeah. You know, yeah. You look at the way biblical characters responded to the presence of God, and it was pretty uh, stark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Usually falling down and quaking, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? My favorite, my favorite uh, one of those is, is the Apostle John in, in Revelation. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the guy that spent time with Jesus on earth. And then, as his best friend, as his yeah, as a close companion, best friend of Jesus, and then in Revelation, and you know, he falls down as though he is dead. Yeah, just. But then, but then Jesus comes along and puts his hand on him. Yeah, yeah, and says, "Hey, it's me." Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good picture. (laughs) Yeah, the infinitude of God. You know, I, I my kids, my kids talk about infinity you know to to infinity and beyond you know buzz Lightyear, and and you know they'll count to 100 and then they'll you know skip a few and then they're into the infinities and it's just like they say these things but they don't really know you know what it means and to be honest i don't really know what it means either (laughs) (laughs) charlie charlie was asking me he was asking me i don't know how we got to to the subject but he's like you know what does it mean to be infinite um 
you know, does, is infinite infinity a number? And, you know, and so I started talking to him about how God is infinite and he's like, how does this even make sense? Like you could tell that all of the gears were cranking in his head and it just didn't make sense. And so, yeah. and so when we're, when we're talking about the word infinite, it's, it's actually not mentioned in the scriptures, just like Trinity is not mentioned in the scriptures. The word infinite is not mentioned in the scriptures. So where, where do we get this idea? Where does, where is it coming from when we talk about God being infinite? Well, um, just because a word is not used in scripture to, um, describe something doesn't mean that that word isn't an accurate description of God and his person. So infinite is an example. You just saw, you just said Trinity is also not used. And that's true. Right. So first of all, you got to think about God himself and realize that he always has been. And we have verses that support these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, God, the, the book itself, Genesis 1-1, begins with that statement, in the beginning. So God was here in the beginning, and he was creating things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he has to be bigger, more powerful, wiser than the things he's creating. And he has to have been here before they were, or he couldn't have created them, mm-hmm. right? It's first John, um, who created all things in the beginning, you know. So that 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 is kind of the first way you think about it. But there's verses um, all over Scripture that that lead to this conclusion that he's infinite. Like Second uh, Timothy one nine, uh, Paul said. Uh, speaking of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So before time, God was, right? So there's evidence that before time began, he was He was around. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about infinity, something we really can't grasp, just like Charlie it's not it's not charlie doesn't not understand infinity because he's young he doesn't understand infinity because no one can mm-hmm. besides god so you have verses in the scripture that describe this that god's trying to communicate to us about his person uh titus 1 2 in hope of eternal life which god who never lies promised before the ages began god promised before the ages began before it there was ever a tick of any clock, eternal life, to those who would embrace Jesus. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, so before creation, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, before there was anything, it was just a vacuum, right? From everlasting to everlasting, mm-hmm. you are God, it says in Psalm 90, verse 2. So before ever anything was, from everlasting to everlasting, that's that's infinity in both directions. Everlasting one way and everlasting the other way. Um, the word infinity isn't used, but that sounds like infinity to me. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 3.11, uh, rather. This was according to the eternal purpose, eternal purpose, not temporary purpose, not time-bound purpose, but eternal purpose, so God has purposes that have been eternal, 
This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, forever and ever, God has had an intent with Jesus Christ, our Savior. Before the world began, from everlasting to everlasting, in both directions of eternity, God, had ha- God has had an intent with Jesus Christ, hmm. our Lord and Savior. Hmm. Before Adam and Eve ever breathed the breath, before they sinned to sin, before Jesus was born into this uh, time-space continuum, uh, before he was crucified, God had a plan that included Jesus dying for his people yeah. before one person ever lived. So uh, that says a few things. One, about his infinitude. Another, about his sovereignty over time and space uh, and human history yeah. uh, and the work of Christ. Yeah. God is sovereign over all of it. Yeah. So that's all wrapped up in this concept of infinitude. So it's not said in Scripture, but it's obvious everywhere you look. Right, right. So, so that's the first thing. He's always been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got one more, but... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, second, this idea of infinitude or infinity uh, makes us realize that he has no limitations, <clears throat> except that he cannot lie because he's, he's infinitely truthful. Mm-hmm. So he cannot lie. Mm-hmm. And in his deity, he cannot die, which is why he took on manhood. Mm-hmm. So he could die. But... Uh, so this is idea of limitless is part of infinitude. Yeah. He has unlimited power, joy, love, holiness, wrath, goodness. It's He has infinite amounts of those things. There's no end to his power. There's nothing that he cannot do. There's no end to his love, to his joy. There's no end to it. Yeah. It's limitless. Yeah. And, and that's really important we we read in psalm 115 verse 3 our god is in the heavens he does whatever he pleases mm-hmm. that sounds like limit limitless yeah he can do what he wants our god is in the heavens he does as he pleases and then in isaiah 40 28 have you not known have you not heard the lord is everlasting god he's an infinite god <laughs> the creator of the ends of the earth he does not faint or grow weary unlimited power and strength and resilience his understanding is unsearchable. There's no end to what he knows. Yeah. He knows everything about everything, yeah. every detail. Uh, he, he knows more than exi- than that exists. Right. Think about that. He knows more than that which exists. Infinitely so. Infinitely so. <laughs> I struggle with junior high math. <laughs> and this is... And apparently driving, too. We found that out on Sunday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> kind of mathematical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's important to to uh, on this note. This this kind of ties back to the the immutability or the unchangeability of God. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the limitlessness of God, it doesn't mean that God's becoming more gracious or becoming more wise. He's not becoming anything. Yeah. He's already so. He's right. infinitely so. Right. And that's that's a that's he cannot a, grow in his understanding of you. Yeah. Because he already knows it infinitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no growth in God at all. Right. He's infinite. Yeah. 
It's a good word. He's infinite. Yeah. Well, and and John, as as you as you were talking there on the limitlessness of of God and just you know his at, in relation to time, I mean this all correlates to to these different attributes that we talk about. You know, sure. as you were talking about the knowledge. Well, of the God. Lord is one. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all relates. Yeah. That's... All all of it must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's God. So when we start thinking about um, we start thinking about this this idea that God is infinite, that God is infinitely gracious, that He's infinitely merciful. Like it, it, it should draw us into into Him, in, into deeper love for Him, because this it's a it's an ever flowing, ever grow, not ever growing, but it's it's boundless. There's no end to it. It's well, that's that's what John says in his in his gospel. He says grace upon grace. Yeah. It's like there's, there's heaps and heaps of grace in the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Paul said in, in Romans 5, Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So there's there's no end. Hmm. There's, there's no sin that you can commit that God cannot and joyfully forgive. There's, there's no life that is ruined beyond the reconciliation power of God and the restorative power of God. Mm-hmm. There, there's no circumstance that's beyond his ability to touch and reach. No, there's says your arm is not too short in Isaiah. Oh, he can't reach me. He can't reach my soul. Oh yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. His arm is not too short. Mm-hmm. His strength is not in question. So yeah, he's infinite. Yeah. Well, and I think this is why why nature is such a powerful tool for for at least me, and I know for you is you know when you go and look out at the ocean, you just see the expanse of the ocean, mm. like that's just a small minuscule picture of. He says he holds the waters in his palm of his hand, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the universe beyond that, and just the expanses of 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 the universe, and our minds can't wrap, you know, we can't wrap our minds around that that that. The universe and how big it is, and the the galaxies and the stars and the, I mean that's just a small picture. And he's beyond of, that, and he's beyond that. Yeah, infinitely so. <laughs> yeah, I was out. Um, one of the benefits of living out in Sela um, is there's no lights out there. Mm. You know, out in the North Weed Ass where I live, no, not a lot of lights. There's some lights, but it, when I lived in West Valley, it was so much light I couldn't see many stars. Mm-hmm. Out in the North Weed Ass. You see stars, yeah. and I'm I'd start I'm and I'm I love star watching, you know, stargazing, I guess. Um, and I've identified some constellations out there for the first time in my life, and my life's just about over, and I'm just starting to, <laughs> you know, recognize this this demonstration of God's infinitude, you know. Yeah, I'm seeing Cassiopeia for the first time, yeah. and. Persis and Pegasus and the bear and Ursa Minor and it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I wake up early most of the time and sometimes way earlier than I want to. I just been going outside. I have a, a little folding camping chair. I just set it up in our backyard and look yeah. at the stars. Look, it's just awesome. Yeah. And and it just every single time my heart is drawn to the Lord and. And like, man, this is crazy amazing. Yeah. 
So, yeah. and I think that falls into this category. Yeah. God's infinitude, especially when you think about the fact that he's bigger than all of that that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. He's and not bigger in the sense of size, but magnitude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. beyond all of this that I can see and experience. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the final chapters of Job are such a... Mm. I mean, and if Isaiah, you... If, yeah, in yeah. the 40s. Yeah. In the, like, 46, 47. Like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Were you there when I bound Orion's belt? Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So now, John, when we're talking, when we're talking about the infinitude of God... Um, usually we're, we're talking in relation to three things. Usually we're talking about God being infinite in himself, uh, infinite in the sense of time, eternity, and eternity, and mm-hmm. then in, in space. Um, now, um, uh, God's attributes are infinite in measure, but he's not bound to time or space. But how does this, how does this correlate He's not, he's not bound by time or space, but how does this correlate with the incarnation of Christ? Because it seems like he's, he's bound to you know, space and time and, and so on and so forth. How can, it, how can an infinite God become bound well, to these things? Part of that answer is the Trinity. God is one, right? Mm-hmm. Three persons, one being. Um, and so... Jesus in his humanity does have some limitations. Like Jesus, when he was walking on this planet, couldn't be in Nazareth and Jerusalem at the same time. Mm. There was a, there was a restriction on him, like there is on us, because he took on human flesh. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that Jesus is walking in Nazareth, the Holy Spirit is in Kazakhstan. Mm and South Africa, and everywhere else in time and space. Um, the Father, who is spirit, is everywhere. There's, and they are one God. And so just because the, the body of Christ, his, his physical body, has limitations now that he's taken on flesh. And by the way, he still has flesh. Yeah. He's living now and forever will live in eternity. Mm-hmm. As a human being, he'll have flesh and blood, breathing. Well, I'm not sure how breathing works in heaven, <laughs> but his heart will be pumping, and so forth. He'll have yeah. his supply of oxygen, however it happens. Um, but yeah, he'll live that way for eternity, with that limitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is at the same time God, and in God, without limitations. Yeah. He's Trinity, right? Yeah. So that that is, um, and, and by the way, we can say this, and I say this to to rile some feathers. Jesus has not always existed, right? Yeah. <laughs> How is that true? How has Jesus not always existed if God has always existed? Um, because Jesus, the person, the the actual, the human, the human. Had had to be created. He had was to, born. He was born. Yeah, he had a, a, a human mother yeah. named Mary. Before Mary gave birth to Jesus, he didn't exist. Right. But the Son of God. Womb. But the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, has always existed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the kenosis, right? The, the coming together of the nature of God and the nature of man to make fully God, fully man in the person of Jesus Christ. And so um, the second person of the Trinity has always existed. The Son of God has always existed along with the Father and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But the person of Jesus came into being 2,000 years ago by way of birth from Mary. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, that physical body didn't exist before the incarnation. Yeah. You know, well, you'll get into this in other times probably, but the, the incarnation was realized, happened, so that God could provide a sacrifice for the sin of man, an infinite sacrifice because of the infinite offense. The infinite sacrifice of the second person of the Godhead dying in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So he he took on flesh. He became one of us. Philippians two, six through eight. Yeah. It's just an amazing plan. Right. That an infinite God, limitless God, would limit himself by taking on flesh um, forever yeah, so that we might be forgiven of our sins and enjoy the relationship with God that he intends. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's too awesome to, to be able to explain Yeah, other than what scripture does. I mean, yeah. I, and I think we'll be going throughout eternity learning about it. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know God who is who is not bound to hunger or thirst, uh, or being tired, or any of the natural things that we experience as humans. Jesus actually experienced those things. Yeah, he was limited, wasn't he? He, he got he, thirsty. He was hungry. He was thirsty. You know, the woman at the well. He mm-hmm. he was there because he was thirsty. He was thirsty. Yeah, he was actually there for her salvation. Well, right, but but. He was thirsty yeah. there. He was thirsty on the cross. He was hungry. Yeah. Um, he was. He got tired. He went to sleep. Yeah. Luke. Luke says that he grew in in wisdom. Mm-hmm. He he learned things. Mm-hmm. Which means there was some intellectual limitation when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now this this final question here, John. I I, I kind of want to set it up with a story. So I was at the park. This had to be two or three years ago now, and I was having this conversation with a guy and just kind of asking him where he was at, and you know, spiritually, what he believed and whatnot. And um, you know, he just he said, you know, I believe there's a God out there. I believe there's some sort of being out there, um, but he's so far beyond us so far removed from us that we will never come to an understanding of who he is so there's really no need of trying um but i i think there's a god out there and and you know we'll never get to that point of knowing who he is so i say that to to set up this next question so mark jones in his book god is we mentioned this a few times on the podcast so far he says this he says we can never know god as he knows himself for the finite cannot comprehend the infinite. We possess a bounded understanding because we are creatures. God has a boundless understanding as the infinite eternal God. We could no sooner fit the oceans of the world or sorry, we could sooner fit the oceans of the world in a teacup 
than understand who God is. So, if God there's is, the problem. <laughs> there's the, there's the issue. So if God is is boundless and and we finite creatures can never comprehend this infinite God, what would be your response to that guy that I had this conversation with? Uh, hey, dude. No, I'd uh, <laughs> I'd uh, I'd say, well, you know what? You can get to know him because he has revealed himself. He's revealed himself in a book called the Bible. He's revealed himself even further in the person of Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter 1. In latter days, he revealed himself to us in the prophets, the law and the prophets. But now he has revealed himself to us in the Son of, in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. Hebrews 1. Yeah. That's a real simple verse to understand. Um, so... God is other. God is infinite. He God is beyond. Uh, uh, he is, you know, so much beyond us that unless He reaches down uh, to communicate, we would never know Him. But praise be to God, He actually has done that. Mm-hmm. He has come into our world as one of us. Uh, he has given us his word through the prophets. We can know God, mm-hmm. even though he's infinite. Um, and so we, we just need to keep that in mind. It's that, yeah, okay, he is, he is out there. He's, it's challenging to think about his person, his makeup, you know, but he desires a relationship. He desires to be with his creation, including us, his people. Um, and he's revealed himself so that that can happen. Yeah. You know, it's. I think it's cool. He, he says this in Isaiah 57. Um, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up. That's God. This is what God says. <clears throat> this one who's high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. So Isaiah is describing this infinite God that we're talking about, all right? I dwell in the high and holy place, now listen, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Yes, he is out there, but also he is here. Mm. He is with us. Emmanuel, what does that name mean? God with us. God with us. He is actually here. He's eminent. Mm-hmm. We can we can experience him. We can know him. We can see him when he was on the planet. We saw his person, his body, flesh. Um, so in John 1.18, we read that Jesus came to earth to reveal God to us. This is this is an amazing verse. Listen to this. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Hmm. So God, no one has seen God, but the God who was at the Father's side was the Son, right? Mm-hmm. The second person of He has made God known. How? Back up to 14, the Word became flesh. Mm-hmm. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, 
and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, yes, God is out there. Yes, he's infinite. Yes, he's beyond our ability to comprehend unless he reveals himself, mm-hmm. which he has yeah. in his word, starting in Genesis, ending in Revelation, and then sending his own son. The second person of the Trinity became one of us. And we now actually can know God. He's mm-hmm. always wanted to be with his creation. He didn't create us to be separate from us. He created us to be with us. Mm-hmm to walk with him as he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. That was one of his initial, original intents. When sin happened, they were separated from the presence of God, but had access to him through the prophets, right? And then God added the tabernacle worship. So Mm -hmm. people could come into the presence of God by way of the tabernacle. And then the temple, And throughout Old Testament history, through the prophets, through the temple, through the tabernacle, God was dwelling with his people, tabernacling with his people. And you get to John chapter 1, verse 18, or 14, rather, and it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt is actually tabernacled. Hmm. He actually came to be with us. God wants to be with his people. He does not desire to be obscure, to be distant, to be unknowable. He desires to reveal himself in all of his goodness to us so he did yeah yeah it's yeah. an amazing god yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah i think about i think about the you know john 17 jesus high priestly prayer and you know jesus at that point says lord i desire that they also be with me mm-hmm. you know there's that that's that desire is still there for christ even in heaven is that mm-hmm. that his body his his church that he purchased be with him now um, you know, but obviously yeah. we're still on that pilgrimage yeah. till that point. But an infinite God wants to be with us, mm-hmm. and He does that. Commune with yeah. us, yeah. yeah, yeah, fellowship, be friends with, yeah. Which yeah. is which is so sweet because you know so often so often people have this misguided view um, that God is you know this being out there that just really doesn't want anything to do with us and just wants people to bow down and worship, which is true. But more so, he wants a deep, genuine fellowship. Mm-hmm. He wants to be friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is a great reminder, great truth. Well, John, thank you for for discussing such an important topic of yeah, who God is. Yeah, it's good to talk about God with our people here through the Voice of the Valley. Yeah, yeah. Just a reminder for you, if you're listening, that, um, well, obviously you're listening. If you're listening. Yeah, if you're not listening, you don't have to pay attention to this. <laughs> uh, in, in a few weeks, we're going to be starting uh, a new uh, portion of this podcast where we're going to be answering some of your questions. Uh, the only issue is we need questions. Mm. So um, if there's something that comes to mind... And uh, you would like that answered by Pastor Rick or Pastor John, go ahead and send me or email me that question to jeremy.pinch, P-Y-N-C-H, at sunvalleychurch.org, and we would be glad to answer those questions. We will keep your name anonymous, so if that's keeping you from sending those questions questions in, um, have no fear. We will not mention your name unless it's just a ridiculous question, then, then we might just 
Make fun of you. Make yeah. fun of you, yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> no, we will not. We will not. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Only Jesse Benedetti if he sends in a question. But church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley as we talk about God's omniscience. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.